lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, back here once again on the Outsports Podcast Network with a lovely, lovely edition of the show to bring to y'all this week. Um, mostly because I know that, myself included, a lot of us are feeling the the tinge and the pain of knowing that this was the week that a lot of us were going to be in Tampa. Um, you know, I know I've seen a lot of people online like posting about, you know, rolling up to their Airbnbs or being on the beach in Tampa or like getting ready for their shows. And, and I think we're all in this like collective malaise a little bit about still about Tampa, um, which understandable, you know, I'm still bummed myself a lot of in a lot of ways um i still have my email account reminding me that i have a flight that i am no longer going to be on <laughs> uh so so i completely understand uh why people are feeling the way that they are at the moment and but you know what it's it's okay though because you know we're all safe i feel for the most part we're all we might be secluded from one another but um quarantine be damned when it comes to lifting spirits and trying to stay positive and remaining connected through all of this um which is why I'm very happy w- to have this interview with my very special guest this week um maybe infuse a little bit of of sweetness into the experience of uh, lamenting Tampa trips by gone. Uh, yes, of course, I'm talking about uh, New Zealand's own Candy Lee. I am super excited to have to have her on the show, um, especially this week as well, because you know we just got done celebrating Trans Day of Visibility. So no, I, I this is my first time speaking with Candy, and hopefully not the last, because like watching her rise over the past few years. Um, it's been an absolute, absolute joy to watch, um, and especially her efforts to, like, sort of reclaim this diva term that, um, honestly gets a lot of, um, flack within pro wrestling circles when you look at, like, you know, compared to the women's revolution, you can't see the air quotes I'm making, but, like, the this current era of women's wrestling compared to the era that so many of us grew up watching. Um, I think it's a very powerful thing that, that her and, and Jamie Senegal and other you know pro wrestlers on the independent circuit you know, within different circles are doing by trying to reclaim that moniker and kind of redefine it in a way. So there are just so many little interesting tidbits about Candy that I just I needed to sit down with her, and I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to do so. And I'm also very glad that I have the opportunity to share that with you right now. So here's my conversation with Candy Lee. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I am super excited to have uh, my guest this week come on the show. Um, she is someone who has emerged over the past few years um, on a somewhat global scale, I would say, within LGBTQ pro wrestling. Well, not just LGBTQ pro wrestling, but pro wrestling in general. Um, and has become... 
I would say uh, uh, a role model for for trans visibility within pro wrestling. Um, I don't know if she would agree with that, but we'll see what she says. Uh, the current reigning Impact Pro Wrestling New Zealand Women's Champion, Candy Lee. How are you doing today, Candy? I'm good. Hello. On like day eight of lockdown here in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. And it's sunny outside, so I'm just like, oh. oh, what a time to be alive. I know, right? I feel that. I think a lot of us feel that pain right now. <laughs> like I'm looking out my window right now, and like it's just as sunny as can be. And like, God, it's. I think this whole quarantine period has just been like dreadful for a lot of us. Yeah, like it's affected like everyone like there's not i feel like there's like not one person that's not affected so i feel like everyone is going through this together and that's i don't know i mean there's some there's some positivity in that i mean we're all like even though we're all separated like we're all going through the same thing at the same time so there's some camaraderie in that i would say yeah (laughs) (laughs) well quarantine like putting quarantine aside, I guess for the moment, I think it's a very special week to have you on the show, uh, Candy, because we're coming off the heels of the Trans Day of Visibility um, earlier this week, uh, which I th- honestly is, was a huge amount of um, of public posting and demonstrations from um, you know trans people and trans allies alike and pro wrestling was not exempt from that of course i saw like posts from from you and and fan accounts for you as well as uh, like dark chic and great bambina and a number of other nyla rose and a number of other trans wrestlers um within the community what did uh what does trans day of visibility mean mean to you specifically um I mean, like, I feel like every day should be Trans Day of Visibility because, like, um, trans people are often overlooked in, like, and stuff in society. Like, within, like, the LGBT community as well. Like, some people believe that, like, the T doesn't belong there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, but, like, I feel like over the years, T has, like, like it's got a wider meaning like to include like non-binary people and stuff so like i don't know i feel like it's just important like just to feel visible Mm. i mean i I can't agree with you more honestly like i think that especially this year i've seen a lot of more um like people speaking to the non-binary experience as being like in, included in in the trans experience which makes total sense in, in a lot of ways i think it's just sometimes people get so like sort of boxed in by the dichotomy of like how we like the labels and everything and like what each letter means and that sort of thing that sometimes it's hard to it's not like let me put it this way it's not hard to forget that we're all like sort of in the same that we're all in the same movement together but yeah, but, but people like i don't know people are so like stuck on cliches and labels but like i don't know like i just like believe in treating everyone like a normal person like at the end of the day we're all humans so like people are so fixated on like labels and society norms that like 
they forget that at the end of the day we're just humans like I'm neutral when it comes to subjects around like LGBT um, issues and stuff but like obviously when it comes to trans issues I feel like not enough people listen to like actual trans people's experiences and they just go on by what they what they think and like they always bring up science and stuff and I'm just like why don't you just talk to an actual trans person and get their experience because science can only tell you so much why do you think people aren't aren't as readily like open to speaking to trans people about their experiences or, or not like listening to to those experiences I'm not sure because like I feel like people have to hear it coming from like a certain person for them to get it through their heads or like they would only listen to people's status or like something like that because like in saying that as well like I say to talk to an actual trans person about their experience but then like people always ask the most ignorant questions like I'm like I like I'm open to talking about my experiences but like there are some things that people like there's a line that people shouldn't cross and they always cross it all the time like asking a trans person what their dead name is like asking what surgeries they've had like that kind of stuff like I feel like people think oh okay I'm gonna ask you about your experience and then they think that it's okay to ask questions like that like I don't know and that's another thing that annoys me is like people think that like they don't see trans people as equal to a normal human because they think it's okay to just straight up ask a question like that like oh so what he had down there like I don't think you'd go up to like a biological woman or a man and ask them about their genitalia it's just so casually Mm -hmm. and that's why I feel like people don't understand because like I've had people in the past like ask me that question like oh what's your dead name what's like your genitalia blah 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 and I'm like you can't ask me that and then they go off at me and be like Oh, you talk about not being transphobic, blah, 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 but you won't even answer my question. But I'm like, well, like, I'm not going to come up to you and ask you about your um, genitalia, so why should you ask me? Yeah, I mean, the the questions are offensive. (laughs) Yeah, so I just feel like people downplay trans people and they don't. They think it's free game to just ask them personal questions for some reason Mm. now it's definitely a a trend that that i've noticed like recently i would say not even recently for a long time i think it's like it's getting i think it's getting better slowly but like even like here like as we're talking like this week in the state of idaho here in, in the u.s like they passed laws like basically like making it illegal for trans people to like change their gender on their birth certificate or for like trans athletes in high school to compete as their identified gender and that that sort of thing like is as much as as much cultural progress as people are making like there's still political fights and, and still some and plenty of cultural fights that still have to be fought in that way yeah it's just it's just a like process i guess most people like are still not educated enough in what around transgender issues and stuff. I guess. Mm. 
Well, I know one thing that that you and a lot of other uh, prominent trans voices within pro wrestling are doing is starting to put like that human experience out there in front of people in the crowds. And I kind of want to get back to to your wrestling experience. Like, where did your love for pro wrestling start? Um, as like starting from watching WWE, I've always watched WWE my whole life. That's how I got into wrestling. Like. Yeah, I just I just thought like it was the cool like the theatrics of it and then like the athletic side of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was actually I've like um in past interviews and stuff like I've always said that the match that got me hooked to wrestling was like Taz risk her angle at the Royal Rumble. Ah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, so I after watching that and then like I kept watching that pay per view, I was just like, oh my god, I love this. And then it was, it was when I saw the woman that I was like, so like, oh my god, I love this so much. Like, the divas really hooked me onto wrestling. Hmm. Was there a specific diva in that in that time period that you latched onto? Um, of course I love Trish and Lita, but it was like Candice Michelle that really inspired me to want uh-huh. to become a WWE diva when I was younger I love Candace so much and Kelly Kelly as well I've I've definitely seen like a lot of conversations about Kelly Kelly <laughs> in, in, in yeah. wrestling Twitter um, I'm curious about, because I definitely want to talk about Kelly Kelly's influence but I'm, I'm curious about Candace Michelle like what what was it about Candace Michelle that that drew you to her um I just thought like she was like so beautiful and like she embodied femininity and because like when you're young, you're, like, trying to, like, you're, like, because, like, being young, you're confused about, like, what your feelings are, especially as a trans person, so, like, seeing someone like that, I was just, like, oh, my God, I love that. She embodies, like, femininity so well, and I just, I just thought everything about her was, like, cool, and I just, yeah, she exuded goddess energy to me. Now, I know you you stated in in previous interviews and an awesome like mini doc that I think New Zealand New Zealand's uh, public broadcasting uh, did for a couple of years back on you, um, which is stellar. By the way, I suggest anybody listening go check that out as well. Um, you kind of stated that that you always kind of felt a little like you always felt feminine and and were kind of like always kind of looked that way like growing up. Like to going through school and everything from, especially going to an, an all boys school, like you did. Um, did did like seeing that image of femininity in Candice Michelle and and Kelly Kelly and the other uh, uh, women wrestlers of that era of WWE? Did that like help you kind of like have these realizations about about yourself, or or did that play into anything um, with you? I'm, I mean, like, growing up, like, I was always attracted, like, I love Barbie dolls when I was younger, and I feel like that's a lot of why I love Kelly Kelly, is because I played with Barbie dolls when I was younger, and my dad would buy me one, like, for Christmas area, and he would be, like, so not here for it, but I'm like, I love Barbie, and I feel like that's why I love Kelly Kelly a lot, and I still love her, because she, like, embodies the doll that I played with when I was younger, and I just, I don't know, like, I, I know it did add to like my transition but like I just always felt like I was different because growing up um even when I wasn't like when I hadn't transitioned and stuff people would always ask like my siblings and my parents like it's 
that a boy or girl and I would always get asked and I'm like what do you mean I'm like in boy clothes and like I'm not so yeah and I I've always felt feminine and I always felt like I'm meant to be a girl so I guess you could say that they added to it but like I know some people will try like say like oh so you're saying that just because you watch this you wanted to change but like I feel like that's not it at all because some people will try to say that you know it's a choice kind of thing Mm -hmm. and like try to take away the feelings of what trans people experience but like I'm gonna tell you now that it's not like that it's like definitely up to the person's feelings and stuff like yeah I didn't because like I didn't even know what being trans was like when I was younger because culturally we have a term for someone who's transitioning or whatever but like I feel like that label didn't fit with me like I don't like I don't want to be known as like someone who's still like male but likes to dress as a woman and stuff like I believe I'm a woman and a girl so yeah I fall under being trans yeah but like at the end of the day like I'm living my life as a female yeah as well you should i mean that's how you identify and i apologize if i misspoken in anything that i said there um i didn't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's all right um because i know like you know myself like identifying bisexual like i i totally get it like (laughs) you know there's there's some things that where you just like know about yourself or other people just do not necessarily believe yeah things so totally understand that um so back to kelly kelly though because like i I love the comparison of kelly kelly to the barbie dolls that you played with growing up but i mean well one her name is literally barbie blank um and two (laughs) um like it that i think that image is is one that is very fitting for her in some ways because like whenever she first debuted like there's definitely more like an entertainment aspect of the show, but like she gradually like grew into this in-ring performer that was, you know, I think the show grew by links and bounds um, and clearly won over a number of people, you know, uh, in the wrestling audience. Um, and also like, I've seen some people kind of speak to, to her influence as, when it comes to like this, I've noticed this, this like reclamation of the term diva in, in pro wrestling in some, in some fields, specifically from, from you and, and Jamie Senegal. Um, and I'm curious, like did, did, did that love of, of Kelly Kelly and that era of, of WWE's women's uh, roster, like kind of play into this idea of of reclaiming the diva moniker i mean yeah because like i've always wanted to be a diva like i watched wrestling when i was young wanting to be a diva like i know people speak so like low of it and like they like the meanest things about that era but like if you think about it the girls were like working with what they were given and a lot of them showed out and like i respect that so much like like being a woman's wrestler in that time and like making the most of the time you're given and what you're being told to do I find like I find that so admirable and stuff like yeah I just like I love 
the whole diva era like I like that woman woman's wrestling has has come a long way and stuff but I'm not gonna like downplay what the divas did so the the woman wrestlers could like walk so they crawled for us but like I don't know I just love being a diva like I've always wanted to be a diva ever since I was young like I signed up to wrestling to be a diva I signed up to wrestling to be like Candace like Kelly Kelly and the Bella Twins like who are some of my biggest inspirations so like obviously like the thing with me is like I will talk highly of the divas and stuff but I'm not gonna like shit on other eras of wrestling like if I do like it's just jokingly in, in defense to like for what I say like I would just say uh, Kelly Kelly was a bears and then I get a lot of um wrestling fans that don't agree I'm like yeah you can not agree but like don't put others down to put what you prefer over like I don't like that that's so quite I was like seeing that all over my like Twitter feed with wrestling fans being so toxic like that I'm just like I don't understand this culture of going back and forth putting down each other just because you like something at the end of the day we all love wrestling so just talk about wrestling no yeah I mean I think it's a valid point I think you know, a lot of people look at, at that era, the, the Divas era, uh, with, like, disdain, and I don't necessarily agree with that at all. Like like you said, like, those women laid a foundation for what we got with, you know, the current crop of, of not just WWE's women's roster, but, like, the rosters that we're seeing um, on, like, all the various independent companies and other major companies like AEW and Impact at the moment, like... There's like women's wrestling is probably at, at its healthiest that it's ever been, and and it's hard to argue that it would have been there without what, what like the foundation that was laid that began with like, you know Jacqueline and Trish Stratus all the way through the Kelly Kelly Candice Michelle era up until now, so I totally understand that point. Hmm. Um, so. Whenever you did finally get into uh, wrestling, um, you had this you had this idea of what you wanted to be. You wanted to be a diva. And what was it like taking like your mindset into like the first day of training? <laughs> I was actually scared because like like I didn't really think wrestling was like not as real as I thought it was. I thought mm. we had to like actually fight each other for real. So my first day, I was like really scared. I was like, oh these. These people want to beat me up. I don't want to get beaten up. But, like, when I went in, I was, like, such a reality check. Like, it's not as what I thought. I was, like, I didn't think wrestling was, like, you know, fake. I, I went into it thinking that, oh, my God, I'm ready to, like, fight someone for real. But then when I went in, and I was, like, oh, this is not what I expected. But, like, I love training, and I loved learning and like yeah and you just respect wrestling even more like when you actually throw yourself into the business and stuff so yeah it was a big wake-up call because i didn't think it was not as real as i thought it was because i never really believed people when they said it was fake like i thought it was just real to me the whole time until i started training so yeah i got a bit (laughs) shook when I found out it wasn't as real as I thought it was. I can imagine that being a, a bit of a, a foundation shaker, but, <laughs> but I mean, like at the same time though, like I guess some of those 
fears of like getting like legit beat up by by other people kind of it was good that those kind of went away <laughs> yeah because i was like so scared i was like oh i don't know i don't want to fight people but like here we go i don't know i was just like oh my god i feel played though like all this all the, like wrestling that i watched i was just like oh my god i hope they're okay <laughs> <laughs> So whenever you like did start like training and getting into like your your early matches and that sort of thing, um, you know, I'm I'm curious like when I did were you upfront about um, being uh, trans? Uh, what I guess I hate I hate to just like keep throwing that out there, but like you know, like, what were you? What was the reception whenever you did like tell people? I way? mean. The school that I went, like, I trained with here, um, I told them before I went in. So, like, like the management people knew, but I wasn't, like, I'm not going to just openly tell people that I just walked in. Pardon me, sorry, I broke again. Um, yeah, I told people on management for the school that I was training with and stuff, but, like, I didn't tell everyone else that I was training with because I was, like, I'm not just going to tell a room of strangers like that kind of stuff because it was a bit full on and stuff but like as time went on like I didn't really mind if they knew and stuff but I had like this idea of not coming out about it when I debuted and stuff because I just didn't want it to be an elephant in the room every time I wrestled and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah I had I went in with like oh like everyone I trained with like the promotion that I'm training with they don't they can know and stuff but like in terms of like when I debut in the fans and stuff I was just like I feel like this is something that I could keep to myself and it's like with like wrestling like you can like put on like a new character that people don't need to know about your personal life that's what like I learned as well but yeah I guess that all changed when like I did like an interview for like a local magazine um, article and like I was talking to the person and I didn't really talk too much about being trans and stuff but then I had read the article where they like the headline was like New Zealand's first transgender person and I was just like oh wow oh my god like what do I do now because it's just outed me when I like didn't really out myself that much in the interview so I was just like kind of taken back by that but like I think talking to like my best friend and stuff within wrestling and that I met for wrestling she like gave me the strength to like just be true to who I am because like I'm always like proud of who I am and stuff but I just like I don't know it was just when I came into wrestling I didn't want like I was too scared because like I didn't know much about like LGBT people in wrestling or like trans people within wrestling so I was kind of scared of like making that a big deal but like I don't regret the decision to come out in that interview and like coming out and being open with who I am like I'm proud because like it means more to me to have young people come and tell me that I've inspired them or like I've given people courage to come out and be true to who they are like that means a lot more than like hiding who I am and just pretending to be like it's not pretending but like just hiding it and not speaking up about it because I feel like 
visibility within something like wrestling is so important because it is a boys club and it is like yeah I think um I'm proud of like yeah and like um IPW is supportive of me like everyone there's been nice like I've had no issues with it like there have been like moments but that doesn't fall on me that falls on the person that has issues with it because that's on them it's not on me but I'm secure within myself like I don't know people's insecurities really show through when they nitpick on stuff like oh she's trans let's like that's why she's getting opportunities that's why she's over that's why blah 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 and it's like stuff like that within wrestling is just so annoying Oh, I can imagine, especially like knowing that you're earning the opportunities that you get. You know, there's a reason why you were brought to the U.S. last year. It's not because like it's not because you're trans. Like it's because you're great in the ring. <laughs> you know, like it's it's one of these things where I can definitely see that being a frustration. Yeah, because like I'm like I don't know, like within wrestling, like. I like over the years being who I am like I know I have thick skin so like and I don't play around like so I don't do these like I don't do bullshit like pettiness stuff and like like I can be petty but like when people are like like I've been bullied before so like when there are like bullying when there is bullying and wrestling I don't stand for that kind of shit because I'm like what's the point like I was bullied in high school I didn't um graduate from high school to come into the real world and to be like like I shouldn't be bullied by um like grown adults like I don't understand like didn't you outgrow that phase and like a lot of wrestlers were like losers in school so I'm like you were bullied in school and now you think that because you're a big shot and I like did that little quote mark thingy you know your fingers do yeah some people think they're like they can pick on others like I just don't like I'm not here for for bullying within wrestling and I see a lot of it and it's like so annoying mm. like I will call out someone that comes for me or like I'll call out like that type of behavior I know some people just sit on their asses about it and don't call out that but like I'm not like I'm not about to like let people walk all over me because I've been there like I've let people walk all over me before and like yeah yeah and and I think that's one of the traits that has made you so like admirable to a lot of people like within the progressing fandom like I know countless you know trans fans look up to you like not, not even like fans of wrestling just i know some like there are some trans people that look up to you for that being like that brash voice of just not taking it just not taking that sort of treatment from people and and you know urging people to be better while also like making them feel small <laughs> in, in that way you know for, yeah. for having such such uh derogatory thoughts yeah because i like i've grown like i'm Samoan, so like I have like heaps of brothers, so I'm like used to like like getting picked on. Like my brothers didn't understand my transition and stuff, and they would make fun of me. Like, but they came around. And, like, I've been bullied in high school for being who I am. So like, people saying like 
stuff to me doesn't really phase me because I'm like I've heard it all before like there's nothing you can hurt me with like yeah like my whole thing is like when it comes to me and wrestling is like you can talk about my wrestling you can say that I'm a shit wrestler you can say all that but like the moment you come for me about being who I am and like my looks and stuff I'm just like that's like I like I just find that so like there's a bit of a line that you cross like and I feel like that's wrestling in general. Like, you can say that wrestlers are shit and, like, you can say that you don't like someone's wrestling or their work or their stuff. But, like, as soon as you come for someone about, like, their looks or their personal lives and stuff, I feel like that's just crossing a line. So, obviously, if you're going to come for me like that, expect to get dragged because, like, I don't play. I love it. I love it so much. I <laughs> do. Um... I, it's, it's very interesting to me that you speak about like this like difference in critique where with pro wrestlers where you know you criticize the the wrestler but then there's the person that that criticism is like too far in a way or like this this separation between the two that's gets it seems like it gets even more blurred in some ways um the further we we go in pro wrestling, especially whenever, well, I said I backtrack real quick, but that that sort of like difference in criticism or that difference in focus of criticism between the the in ring character and the person portraying the character, it's it's interesting to me because I feel like a lot of those uh, dichotomies of critique really focused more on like marginalized communities within pro wrestling. You know, we've seen it with. LGBTQ pro wrestlers, like women, um, people of color, like all these people kind of are like held to in some ways, it feels like a different standard because people will go past the character much more quickly to talk about the person themselves. Yeah. And that's what, like, why I didn't, like, I was like kind of like weary about being open about it because I'm like, I know, like, like, if I was ever a heel, people would, like, not attack me for who the character I'm playing as a heel. They would attack me straight away as, like, the trans part of it. Because that's what my promotion was worried about. They were, like, they told me that, like, we probably can't make you a heel until we think people aren't going to, like, attack you for your trans identity. Because I was, like, yeah, I get it. Because, like, I know how wrestling fans are and, like, they're not as creative when it comes to insults into, like, people's characters. And, like, so I feel like, not all wrestling fans, just some. Like, there's some that won't, that will look past the character and just, like, oh, let's just attack her because she's trans and let's call her a man because it'll be funny because she's a bad guy. Like, that's not how it works. Like, you're just, you're not attacking the character anymore. You're attacking someone's personal life, which is... Like, you think that you're funny because you're like, oh, but she's a heel, though. But it's like, that's, that's like, that's not how it works. Ignorance is an insult in that, in that situation, I feel. So I'm so thankful that, like, my company has been, like, has my, like, has my back and looked out for me and stuff. But, yeah, that's why I was always scared to, like, think. Because I know people would straight away attack you personally instead of attacking the character. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a valid fear, I would say. I'm really happy to hear that the IPW has been 
good about about that sort of uh, situation with you, and and because you know like let's be like, let's be real like not every company, especially like in the past like not every company has been as open to to people of differing backgrounds and and, and differing identities and that sort of thing. So, um, but speaking of IPW, I am curious because. It was very you rose in the in the ranks of the women's division there very uh quickly i i imagine from from just looking at like past matches and everything and you won their women's championship like pretty quickly out of the gate what was it what was the feeling like whenever you um won that championship um when i first won it i think that was like the most special because like my family was there and like it was a good storyline that was built up for a whole year. And when I finally won it, like, because I was just chasing the title that whole year. And, like, having my parents there and, like, having, like, the crowd, like, explode. I was like, oh, my God, this is so weird. Like, I didn't expect this to happen, like, so quickly, like, within a year. Yeah. It was like, I was like, but I think it's more so that my family was there, like, especially my parents, and they got to see me wrestle. Because they hardly come to shows. Because my mom doesn't like watching wrestling. Because she thinks, she thinks it's real, and like she doesn't want to see, like her child get hit and stuff. So it was like I was like, can you just come, please? And like some of my like my siblings are like, oh, we don't want to come if you're gonna lose. And I'm like, just come watch. Like yeah. you never know what happens. But yeah, I think it was like it was an amazing feeling. More so because of my parents being there. And I was just like, yeah, I was just like, oh. that's probably like still one of my favorite like memories to date when it comes to wrestling is my parents being there. Mm. I can definitely see that making that moment even more special. Like just seeing, like having your family there to like share in that moment. Like I'm sure, like, did you feel any um, like vindication in that moment? Like, whether it be like with your parents being there, or just have, having IPW like trust you enough to have you carry like stand atop that division there. Like, um, it was nice because like it was like the biggest show of the year as well, and it was like. The crowd is huge, and it was just like, oh, it was just, it was just amazing. Like, and also like, like making history that night, like which I didn't realize. It was, it was so cool. It was like so surreal. And because like I had like, and I was just like, I just like wanted to wrestle for the like to chase my passions of wrestling. Like winning championships, I was like, I didn't think I would like ever get the chance to. So having win the title was like kind of amazing for me because I'm just like, oh my god, it's so cool. Like me, a trans person, winning a championship, like one of the like top championships for like a company in New Zealand and stuff. It was just, it was just really cool. Now, is is IPW like one of the like, the the larger companies in in New Zealand? Um, I would say so. Like it's like yeah i would say so yeah so like you're on top of probably the top women's division in the country at the, at that moment like i can imagine there's a lot of of pride in that and like even just like being able to like hold the belt even though like you never like expected to get yeah. to that place like 
Yeah, no, it's like it was like a year. I was only wrestling for like a year then, so it was oh, like wow. my rookie year. So it was kind of cool, and like the history behind the belt, like with um, like Evie holding it, who's now Dakota Kai. Like the fact that like she held it, and like all the other like top um, women's wrestlers in New Zealand holding the title. So the history behind it was like, it was just, it was just amazing to be in like. To hold the title that like so many great women's wrestlers in this country held. Mm. No, it's, it's definitely a, a badge of honor, I would say. Um, I'm curious though, like how did that moment, how did that that feeling kind of stand up to the feeling of getting the chance to come to the states for the first time and and wrestle, like being recognized over here. Um. I was so nervous when I was um, coming to America, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous all the time, though. Like, <laughs> every single match, I'm nervous. Like, I have, like, a mental breakdown, but then I go and, like, start twerking and get into the zone, and then I go back to panicking. I'm always a nervous wreck. But, like, I was so happy, like, and excited that I got to, like, debut in America, especially for the show that it was, like, in the company. I was just like I was really honored that like to be considered, and like the show meant so much to me. It was for their pride show, like mm-hmm. the pride and joy show, and like to be able to like to be on it with such like other amazing talents and stuff was just so cool to me. I was like, what better way to debut in America than a show like this, like a platform like this? And it was yeah, I was just so grateful. I'm very curious about what that locker room at that show was like because like I, I, I watched the show and you had like legends as well as like up and comers and, and new voices up there. Everybody from like Cassandro and Mercedes Martinez to you and Jamie Senegal and Jake Atlas, Effie, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, like so many different uh, – not to mention Sonny Kiss and Nyla Rose hosting the entire thing. Like what was that locker room experience like for you? Oh, so nice. Like – Everyone was just so friendly, and it was, like, it was so cool f- for me because, like, I finally got to meet a lot of the people that, like, I was, like, friends with through social media. Like, I was, it was nice to finally meet them in real life because, like, I had talked to Jamie a lot before and stuff, but I hadn't actually met him in real life and stuff. So it was so cool to finally meet Jamie and, like, Effie and, and meeting Cassandra. Like, Cassandra is so good, and he's so, like, lovely. Like, and just meeting, like, all of them, like, was so, like, it was nice. The locker room experience was, like, a really nice locker room experience. Like, I just felt so happy and free in there and stuff. It was cool. The vibes Mm. were nice. (laughs) That's rad to hear. It seemed like that whole day was just, like, a giant celebration in that way. And I know it, like, coincided with with Pride Month and a lot of the Pride celebrations going on um, throughout the country and everything. But I think I I always come back to that show um, as one that was really, like, a a staking point in the LGBTQ pro wrestling movement. Um, not, Not just because we had, like, so many prominent LGBTQ talents on that show and they all showed out in in their own unique ways. Like everybody from like Sophie King to to you uh, to I love Sophie. Um but like I, you had like all these all this talent 
and then you also had I think a lot of people that I've spoken to for the show have all have gone back to the promo that Effie cut. Oh my god, I loved Effie's promo. Effie's promo was so good, and like also Mercedes' um, promo at the end of the show was so good. I was just like, oh my god. Yes. I love Um, it. I know it was like it was one of those just like like one of those moments that where you felt just like empowered with like not necessarily anger but like this that like, you had like this sort of thing of like no we're we're fucking here <laughs> like yeah it was like yeah. it's like what it's like it was so good like it was so powerful and it's like it needed to be said and stuff and like I love that that show like a lot of the crowd it was their first time at a wrestling show because they've never felt comfortable enough to go to normal wrestling shows so that was nice and like um having people there like tell me that they're following me on twitter for like the longest time and i'm just like oh my god that's so sweet like uh, like i'm a girl like me all the way from new zealand like such a small part of the world and like to be recognized in america is quite like so surreal to me because i'm just like oh my god Yeah, um, I, I'm obviously you had another chance to work with Rise at at La Escalera as well, and I'm very curious about the match you had there with with Jamie because it was branded as a, a divas match. Obviously, oh God, going the, yes, <laughs> the first ever Rise's divas match. That was so fun. Like that's one of my like favorite matches. Yeah, I mean, it looked like y'all were having a blast in there with, with just playing with this. I'm curious, like, obviously, because, like, I think you and Jamie are, like, two of the more prominent, like, voices out there, like, like we talked about before with this reclamation of, of the diva moniker within pro wrestling in a way. I'm, I'm very curious, like, what, why did y'all decide to kind of, like, brand that match that way and, and kind of, like, what went into that? What did y'all want to accomplish w- with that match? Um, we wanted to just show that what the divas can do and like the impact that the divas can have on the wrestling business is like quite impactful and like we just wanted to like be who we are and that's divas and I love Jamie he's so good at wrestling like he's just yeah he's just really really good so it was so cool to like wrestle him he's like one of my best friends within wrestling so yeah I was just like we just wanted to show that the divas can go and like what divas are made of and like we like and like we just wanted to show people that we're redefining what it means to be a diva and that's being a bad bitch period <laughs> I love it, it I mean it, and it, I think that came across very well in that batch as well um, and and Honestly, the same weekend, I'm I'm very curious to ask you about this because um you know I I had Sophie on the show before and that weekend you know Sophie was super excited about being able to work Shimmer for the first time and I know both you and and Jamie also worked uh, Shimmer that weekend as well. What did did you have the same like reverence for for Shimmer as like this all women's company and this like real focal point for women's pro wrestling um within the states and I maybe beyond the states as well um and like what was your feeling being able to have the opportunity to wrestle in in a shimmer ring um it was like amazing like i love shimmer and like um like they produce like such good talent and like i like just 
even though it's a pre-show, it was pretty amazing to be, like, even on. Like, and it's one of my goals to get on, like, a Shimmer main show. And, yeah. It was, mm. just, it was just so surreal. It was just amazing. It was fun with Jamie. Like, I love rides. I love Shimmer. Like, like doing stuff. Like, giving women um, platforms. Because, like women are always, like, subdued to, like, that one spot on a show. And I mm-hmm. love that, like, there are promotions, like, that are, like, dedicated to just showcasing women. So that's why I love Shimon and I love Rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, we're, we're speaking on the day when we, I think we both would have been in Tampa um, with all the unfortunate things that have happened in the world with the coronavirus and 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 everything and you know the 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 handling of how everything went down in in tampa and all the circumstances around that are you know those are their own critiques um and i think many of us have those um within the wrestling world but um, obviously, you were, you were going to be there, and you were scheduled for some shows there. Um, and you were spe- the one that really stood out to me was that, or that I was most excited for whenever I saw you on the card was for Uncanny Attractions because I know that company, you know, like Shimmer and their commitment to providing a stage for for women uh, pro wrestlers. The Uncanny has a commitment to like basically all marginalized voices within pro wrestling, um, but they oh they may get also- a. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, you can finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, but they do make a, a a very like heavy point to feature, you know, LGBTQ pro wrestlers on their shows. You know, obviously being run by Impy Young and Darnell, you know, like, of course they're going to. But I, I'm very curious, like, what was what was it? What were you like? What what was it like whenever you got the call from them to to be on the one of their shows? Had were you aware of Uncanny and like what was your what were you looking forward to with, with that? Um, I was aware of Uncanny and I love what they do too. Like I was excited for the I was excited for all the shows I was gonna be on, but like their show, like I just loved their match graphics. Like it was so cool yes. and like the match I was in was gonna be so much fun. Like I was so excited and like like I love Darnell and Indy so. I was just, like, looking forward to it. Like, companies like that, like, I love promotions that are, like, wanting to give marginalized groups chances, like, like giving people of color, LGBT people, women. Like, I love that, like, companies like that, like, a promotion that does that, I, like, I'll 100% be on their shows because I love what that stands for. Like, because, like, like, in wrestling, like, marginalized people don't get as much opportunities so it's cool that though like there's a shift that's happening and that more people are getting a chance to shine and i just like love that so i was looking some like i was looking forward to that like i was in a match with um danhausen rj Stu young zoe and Chaza. that was going to be such a fun match mm-hmm. and i kind of i was like I was looking forward to beating Shaz's ass. <laughs> okay, we have to talk about this real quick because Shaz. <laughs> okay, walk me through this here because I don't know. I might have missed a step in this like transformation of Shaza online. 
Um, like what? What? Why do you want? Why did you want to beat Shaz's ass? And maybe explain to the people like, like what's playing into this in some way. I love Shazza, but she's a mess. But like, <laughs> she probably could say the same for me because I'm a bit of a mess. But I don't know. She's just, I just love, I just love her and like beating her ass would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> she's like. It's... She's like my auntie or like older sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, family always like that sort of that. Uh, there's a dynamic like that, I think, in most families, I would say. So if you like see her that way, like, yeah, I can see that now. <laughs> so obviously, like you, you were booked on other shows in, in Tampa as well. Uh, and like Tampa as a whole Honestly, I felt like this was probably the 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 most like diverse presentation of pro wrestling that we've seen at a, at a Mania weekend, um, and you know it's 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 a real shame that everything kind of got scrapped because of um, because of everything because I think that like that Mania weekend with like Uncanny Show, Jamie's Show, Effie's Show, like so many of these sh- shows like just focus on on the lgbtq community like so many shows were ready to to prominently feature um lgbtq talent to audiences that probably hadn't seen a lot of y'all um yeah you know, especially effie's show like that that gcw crowd like i don't know how many of them really would be familiar with pretty much like the majority of people that were going to be on that show um and i think that 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 diversity speaks to a, a changing landscape within pro wrestling because we've seen this this rise uh, with LGBTQ pro wrestling with you know shows like uh, AJ Grace for the Culture Show that was going to be there promoting you know black voices in pro wrestling Faye Jackson show that got, that unfortunately was canceled that was like really highlighted like female expressions of sexuality you know like I, I I'm curious to get your take like with everything. Um, kind of being off at the moment like well, well first off looking at that weekend as a whole what were your feelings going into it as to what it um, could mean for pro wrestling i was excited because like it was like my first it was gonna be my first mania and like also like to like like to have to be my first mania but have like the shows that i booked i was just like so proud of myself and stuff and i was just looking forward to it and like I was, like you said, like, with all the diversity that was going on, and, like, yeah, I feel like it would have been such a, like, good shift for wrestling, like, to show, like, people that wouldn't be given opportunities usually within wrestling, so I was looking forward to that, like, I'm kind of bummed now, but, like, I'm sure we're going to get like all the shows happening in a later date but like oh, it was just gonna be amazing like i don't know i've never i, don't, I wouldn't i've never have been to a mania week before so i was i was excited to like experience everything and like mm-hmm. the shows and um attend all the shows and stuff like because i know i was gonna have a, like a good time and stuff so it sucks that it's not happening but let's just hope that it all comes on at a later date yeah, I think that's a, a lot of uh, of our hopes right now. And you know, there's been messaging saying that that some of these shows are going to happen. I know Jamie and Effie have both been 
saying that their shows are just basically postponed. They're still going to happen. And Un- Uncanny is definitely going to run again. You know, and I think what really makes me feel the most positive coming out of this situation is the fact that people that I've spoken to within within the industry basically feel like they haven't been deterred from running Mania Weekend. They ha- don't feel like this whole circumstance happening has really derailed the, the cultural movement that they've been trying to promote at all. Like, they don't, like... Pretty much everybody I've spoken to, like LGBTQ or otherwise within pro wrestling that are like have their finger on the pulse with all this stuff, like they basically said that no, like show the fact that a week before everybody kind of went into like quarantine here in the states, like we had a show like Butch versus Gore, where you had so much LGBTQ talent, it felt like the second coming of of the Pride and Joy show. In a oh lot my of god, ways. I've heard I've so, I've heard so much good things about that show. I still need to watch it. Oh, it's I was I was there at the show live. Like it was, it's so good. I definitely suggest <laughs> checking it out. Um, but the fact that that happened like in the same month that all this stuff happened, I think really speaks to the fact that um, these voices yeah, aren't like, gonna be going anywhere. Yeah, like they're not gonna go anywhere. And I feel like after this is like when the world finally settles down, when mother, like Mother Nature restores herself. And we restore ourselves as a humanity. I feel like it's like it's just on pause at the moment, but I feel like it's just gonna pick up and become stronger more than ever. Because like I feel like they're important voices that need to be heard, like not in wrestling in general, but like just in the world in general. Like, yeah. Yeah. I well, on that note, I Two two more questions for you, and then I, and we can uh, let you get back to the rest of your day. Um, one, you know, knowing that those voices aren't going away, and and knowing that there are people that that, that approach you and and like like view you as this role model um, for you know being out of of your identity. Um, what's that? What does it mean to you to have people come up to you and 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 say that they draw that inspiration from you, or, to, or take pride in in having you as like a symbol or, or a role model? Um, I mean, like it means like so much to me because it like it means like this is like it gives the like feel to like when I have like self-doubt or days where I want to give up and stuff like it just fuels me to keep going and like I know that like I might be like all the way here in New Zealand in a small country where wrestling isn't as widespread or big compared to other like parts of the world but like I'm gonna keep working at it and trying hard and like trying to get my name out there like like I know when I like being a wrestling fan and why I became a wrestler was to like fulfill my dream but now I feel like I'm um, knowing that people look up to me and stuff like I feel like I carry that on onto me and I'm just like I want to make it not for myself but for everyone like within my community where it being the trans community the LGBT community my like culture like being someone and stuff I want to represent being someone and wrestling and just like yeah i just want to do it for me my family especially mm. and make my dreams come true so it means a whole lot to me like it makes me appreciate wrestling a whole lot more and like love doing what i do a lot more and stuff 
Mm-hmm. No, I can I can definitely understand that. Um, <laughs> this sorry, that was just really beautifully put. Um, and then my my final question for you. Um, obviously, we're all under lock and key at the moment. Um, what's the first thing that you want to do once uh, we're all out of once we once you're out of quarantine? Um, I want to go back to to training because I feel like I'm going to have to start learning how to wrestle again. Um, I want to go, I want to be able to be on the beach in a bikini and like just run around in a bikini. I can do that now in my backyard, but like the beach hits different. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, I just want to see my friends again. Like I really miss my friends and like I want to be able to wrestle again, obviously. And I hope that all the shows that I was on, like, they do run, and, like, I hopefully, like, praise the Lord that, like, the borders aren't too restricted where I can't travel, because, like, I don't know, because, like, I feel like even when it passes, there'll be, like, store issues around, like, that kind of stuff that we'll probably have to, like, wait for a long time before we can go back to, like, the normal society that we had before, so... Let's just hope I get to come and wrestle in America again. Like, because I was so excited for, like, Jamie's show, Uncanny, and, like, being on Effie's show. Like, Effie's Big Gay Brunch was going to be, like, it was going to be so much fun. Like, that was the show I was, like, hoping to get on the most. And, like, I got on and I was so happy. So I'm kind of bummed that I don't get to see any of them. So. Uh, well, that hope is definitely shared with a lot of us over here. We definitely hope you're able to get back over for whenever those shows are like are rescheduled and any other shows that that want like a wrestling diva to come and and rock their ring. I I can't wait to see see you back over here again. Um, Candy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, let everybody know where they can find you on the on the internet and the social media and whatnot. Um, thank you for having me. Um, you can follow me on Twitter um, at candidlycandy underscore or on Instagram at leibarbie or you can follow my TikTok. You don't have to follow my TikTok or any of my social media, but if you want to, you can follow me. You can like my page on Facebook <laughs> or you can buy my merch on Pro Recipe. Yes. And what a maneuver. I have like two different shirts on those two sites. But yeah, but like I said, you don't have to do any of those because like, I don't like telling people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. What's the Pro Wrestling Tees link real quick? Just like get that out there in case people want to. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I think it's just like <laughs> Candy Lee in the search bar. I think. Okay. <laughs> no worries. I can, I can look it up and put it in the show notes and everything. It's fine. <laughs> Alright, cool. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. I have a, and I have a Water Maneuver shirt as well and Okay. I don't know the link either. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> oh, Lord. Thank you, Candy, once again. My thanks to Candy once again for coming on the show. Um, super awesome to have her on. And I do have those links for her merch stores, which I think are very vitally important right now in the current uh, setting that we find independent pro wrestling in um, of course those are going to be pro wrestling slash candy lee 
and whatamaneuver.net slash collections slash candy dash lee. So definitely go to either of those spots um, to grab a Candy Lee t-shirt or there are other ways that, to support her during this time as well. Um, I'd say a lot of your favorite pro wrestlers are, are in need in that way. Obviously, we're all suffering financially right now. We're all suffering in many ways right now with the with the current climate. So, you know, don't do what you don't overextend yourself. Do what you can. Um, but you know, support what you love in some way, shape, or form. Um, always find a way to do that. Especially people that bring as much joy as Candy Lee does, brought a lot of joy to this show, brought a lot of joy to me um, during that conversation, and I hope brought a lot of joy to you as well um, through listening to that. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us here this week. Um, God, I keep forgetting that we're heading into WrestleMania. Um, I wonder what that says about it, about the weekend itself. <laughs> but... Um, Anyway, we'll we'll have I'm sure we'll have something to say about WrestleMania uh come next week. We'll see. Um but for now, let's uh get out of here after saying some huge thank yous to some people that helped make this show possible. The Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. And of course, a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for our show's theme, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on Spotify or on Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com Of course, you know, follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. Follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. Um, check out Outsports for all of our awesome coverage that we continue to pump out even though sports are not happening right now. And of course, speaking of Outsports, that means you definitely got to come back tomorrow for our baseball podcast here on the Outsports Podcast Network, hosted by Ken Schultz. Three strikes, you're out. This week on Three Strikes You're Out, Cubs Gay Twitter is representing in full force. Ken Schultz is joined by Cubs insider writer Ryan Tomer to prove that even when there's no baseball, you can still spend an infinite amount of time complaining about Cubs ownership. God damn it, ain't that true. <laughs> um, sorry, I have a little bit of a sniffle at the moment, so I apologize to everyone. Um... And of course, if you're into video games, definitely check out my uh, my gaming news podcast that I do every week over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Um, that is called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. That goes live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I do that with some of my closest friends, uh, Slacker Kite and Lady Marilyn, a couple of awesome Twitch streamers. And honestly, it's one of the few times I get to socialize, <laughs> even in this virtual world that we live in at the moment. Uh, this virtual world of seclusion. So, it's it's a fun time. I have a lot of fun with it. But I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's edition. Thank you so much for, for listening and joining me. And once again, thank you to Candy Lee for coming on the show. Um, but until next week, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, for fuck's sake. 
Keep washing your hands. Never stop washing your hands. And we love you.